Welcome to Encompass Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us today. To share your story of what God has been doing in you and through you, take a moment to email us at amen at encompass.org.au. Enjoy today's message. You guys doing good? Good. How awesome um, was baptisms this morning? Wasn't it great to see so many people baptised? Uh, it's good to have everyone in the room today. Um, as Naomi said, Naomi does an incredible job leading our kids' ministry. Um, can we just thank her and honour her? She represents uh, all our kids' team uh, who just uh, look after all your kids, and not just look after, but invest in them. Uh, they are uh, building world changers, kingdom builders, and so um, I just believe we should always honour um, our beautiful team. She's such a burden carrier for uh, Alyssa and I, and we so appreciate her. But anyway, um, our, our baptism is such a beautiful uh, thing to do. Um, couple, listen, there's a couple of things I've got to get through before we get into the Word. Um, you're wondering why I have a laptop. Not a change, just Alyssa's in Craigieburn and she won the iPad battle. Um, she's like, I'm taking the iPad. Okay, yeah, whatever. Um, and so we did that. But um, listen, it's an, it's an incredible thing what we're doing in Cambodia. Uh, we're doing so many different works around the world. Um, and so Ginu and Nithya and, and the team uh, across all our locations, we are giving more than ever. We're giving more than ever uh, to help the kingdom grow. And whether that's through church plants, church leadership, whatever it could be, um, we are doing more than ever. And so next week, just so you know, we're doing we're starting a financial two-week kind of situation. I'm going to give you an update of what we're doing in the mission space. But next week also, straight after the service, we're doing an expression of interest for a Thailand trip. And so if you want to go to Thailand, the team went last year. Um, I, I asked Alyssa yesterday on the couch, I, I said, can I go to Thailand in August? And she said, yes. So I'm going to Thailand. Uh, I can't wait. Um, and so uh, we're going, I think it's in August. Yes, August we are going to Thailand. It's going to be an incredible thing. But come to the expression of interest next week. It happens straight after the services in MR6 and 7. And you can find out more information, find out how much it costs, when it is, all those things. I'm, if you don't know, I'm terrible with details. And I'm always looking at someone else, tell me when the date is, etc., etc. Um, but, you know, um, it's going to be an incredible Thing. So come along. Listen, there are some great things happening in our church. Um, there are some amazing things happening. Every Monday night, there is about 120 plus people here studying apologetics. It's an incredible thing. And you tell um, different churches or even pastors or even just friends that what's taking place. And they're like, that is unreal. Do you know what I mean? That's a beautiful thing. Um, you know, just so you know, tonight we have an E-team night. And um, if you're kind of going, I love this place. Tell me how I can be part of it more. Uh, come along tonight at 5 p.m. E-team. Uh, we're going to just uh, be just sharing, to be honest, for our Bandura location. So it's just the Bandura location catching up. Just uh, the needs of the church. We're going to do a bit of a gap analysis. And then we're just going to share about where the team is going and what we're seeing uh, over the next 6 to 12 months. Because God is doing something special here at Encompass. Uh, we believe that. Um, and we're excited to see what takes place. And then on Wednesday, as everyone said, we just want to eat with you. Like, let's eat together. Wednesday night, if you're new and if you just don't feel connected, if you're going, I want to know how that guy eats. Um, or, no, just joking. <laughs> Why would you want to do that? Uh, stop watching me when I eat. Uh, but um, no, if you, if you just want to go, hey, how do we find out more about the heart of the church um, and where it's going? And we would love to just sit and eat with you. And that's what it's all about. Anyway, um, let's get into the word, hey? It's a bit, it's a bit awkwardly silenced now, but uh, we'll, we'll just go with it. 
You guys ready? Let's do it. Exodus chapter 2. I'm going to read two passages of Scripture in Exodus 2 and 3, and then we'll pray, and then I'll share. Uh, Verse 11. This is what it says. One day after Moses had grown up, he was a bit older, he went out where his own people were and watched them in their hard labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew. So his people were hurting and they needed rescuing one of his own people. And so looking this way and the other way, seeing that no one was around, he killed the Egyptian. Whoa, what happened in church today? Anyway, and and then he hit him in in the sand. That's a good cover-up. Anyway, so in other words... Moses, in this instance, took matters into his own hands. The next day, he went out and saw two Hebrews fighting this time, and he asked um, one of them, hey, why are you hitting your fellow Hebrew? Why are you fighting amongst each other? The man said, who made you the ruler and judge over us? Are you just thinking of killing us too? And so Moses realized that these guys knew what he had done the day before, and he fled, it says in verse 15. When Pharaoh heard of this, he tried to kill Moses, but Moses fled from Pharaoh and ran away. And then we see 40 years later. Everyone say 40 years later. 40 years later, like that is older than me. I am 36 years old. That, that's 40 years is a long time. 40 years later, this is what it says in Exodus chapter 3, verse 7. It says, the Lord said, I have seen what you saw 40 years ago, Moses. I've seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drives. I am concerned. So I've seen, I've heard, and now I know what's going on here. I've always known what's going on. And so verse 8 says, I've come down to rescue them. Verse 10, it says, now go. I am sending you, Moses, to Pharaoh to bring my people um, away from the Israelites out of Egypt. Let's pray and uh, let's commit this time to God. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this place right now. Lord, we invite you uh, and we just ask that you will speak to us throughout this service. You've already been speaking. You've, always, you've already been preparing us for this message. And so, God, whether the person here is visiting today for the first time, whether they've been here many times, I pray that as your word is spoken, that we will hear directly from you. Not a man, not, 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 a, not a human concept or a worldly concept, but, but Lord, we'll hear from your spirit. Holy Spirit, speak to us this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Um, you know, actually, my wife preached a great message on, you know, uh, what was it? My, the, the holy body. My body's holy going, all right, whatever, move on. If you look through that message, about three minutes in, there's this really good moment of the message. And I was going to play it for you today, but I won't. But she says these words that he was right. And when he says he was right, I'm just letting you know she's talking about me. And now I've got it on video. It's on YouTube. And I can't wait to show it to her for the rest of our lives. It's very rare that you get your wife saying he was right. Can I, and all the men's... Amen. And we were going to be so wrong by the end of this service. Anyway, um, and we're all walking home. Um, Anyway, true story. Uh, A couple of months ago, we have a runaround car, right? The runaround car is our Ford Focus. It was a hand-me-down. It is the gift from God when you're trying to split up as a family, get somewhere early. The runaround car is the ultimate car, okay? And so anyway, over a week, this Ford Focus started to not act like how a car should, do you know what I mean? Like, as in, so what happened was I'm driving this car in the morning, going to work, 
and it just felt a bit heavier. Do you know what I mean? Like, as in the wheels. I don't know anything about cars if you can't, like, but the, I, didn't, I couldn't tell if it was the wheels. I couldn't tell if it was the engine, but it just, everything was hard to do. Turning was hard to do. And, you know, there's two types of people. First type of people take the car straight away to the mechanics. You know what I mean? I'm the avoider. I'm going, maybe, maybe if I just park this car here for five hours and I start it again in a few minutes or the next day or the, that night, it just fix itself. Who thinks it can fix itself? Like, as in, yeah, fix it itself, people. Yeah. We just have more faith than everyone else. Anyway, because they're going to the mechanic, running to the mechanics. Anyway, so we, um, I'm, I'm sensing that this car is heavier and whatever. Two days in, three days in. And it's kind of like on and off. Sometimes it's working. So I'm going, what's going on? What is happening to this thing? And then you see the dreaded exclamation mark light. And I'm going, oh, man, something is seriously wrong here. But it's inconsistent. Do you know what I mean? Like something is not right about this situation. Anyway, four, five days in, this car is still feeling heavy. It is still just not working how I, I, I think it should work. I, I've driven this car before for many times. Why isn't it working like this? And then I realised something. I'm not proud of this. I don't want, don't come to me giving me car speeches at the end of this. I don't want to hear your thoughts, okay? The handbrake was on. <laughs> no, not fully, just partially. You know when that, don't treat me like this. Don't look at me like that. I'm sensing how you're all looking and going, this guy's an idiot, no. Uh, but you know how you can partially leave the handbrake on? Yeah, yes, it can, yes. Yeah, I'm getting, yes. It's possible, people. And anyway, I realised that it wasn't the engine, it was, it was the handbrake. It, it, it wasn't the tyres and stuff like that, it was... Don't laugh, guys. It's, not, it's, actually, it's actually not that funny. But, but I... I drove this car for days upon days, thinking, stop, mum, dad, stop. <laughs> no, nah, it's, too, it's too much today. Come on. But I thought to myself, how many of us, and, and let, me, let me just bring this all together before I lose my mind, um, how many of us live life with the handbrake on? And, and this is what I mean by this, is that we go to a lot of places, right? We're doing a lot of things and we don't even realise it, but we're actually not functioning how God designed us to function. And we don't even realise it, but the handbrake is partially, slightly on. We go to places, but we're questioning, and some of you have done this this week or maybe this year already, where you're going, God, are you with me with this? Like, as in, am I in your will? Have you ever asked that question before? Maybe you're doing a lot of things, but you don't have peace about it. You're going, God, are you here? Are you there? I'm not sure if this is what you really wanted for me. Maybe you're making things happen, but you're not really bringing God into the picture. And what happens is that we end up going to a lot of places, but yet sometimes it can feel like there's a handbrake in our life. There is something just resisting. There is something that just doesn't feel right. And you know something's wrong, but you actually just can't put your finger on it. And, and so it, it, it goes, you get to your place, but it's with a handbrake. And, you know, this year, 
If you're joining us and visiting us, we're, we're, to, this year is all about holy ground. This is holy ground. And we're talking about seeing God more, being aware of Him more. We're talking about a, a life that will bow before Him. But the final thing that we want to keep talking about throughout this year is a holy go. A holy go is not a handbrake go, but it's a go with the presence of God. It's not a forced go where you're ripping into the engine, you're thinking it's a wheel problem, but it's a go that says, God, you are with me. God, you have ordained this. God, you have positioned me for this moment. It is a holy go. Everyone say holy go. Holy go. A holy go is saying that, God, I want your breath on this situation. I want your hand over my life. You know, handbrake goes, you know, when you kind of, you get to somewhere, but it's not really that great. It comes from the flesh. You're pushing to make things happen. It comes out of ambition sometimes or force, not out of obedience. It comes out of a place of striving. It comes out of a place of trying to impress man. But a holy go comes from a dependency on God. A holy go doesn't come from, you know, ambition, but it comes to say, God, I want to give you glory through my whole life. A holy go comes from a place of humility and a desire to please God. You see, when Moses tried to do things in his own way, in his own strength, he literally acted out of anger and frustration. Think about this. He committed murder within a few minutes and hid the body. He was fleeing from his city, and all he ended up doing was saving one person, Saving one person from, from an Egyptian. But when God interfered with the same situation 40 years later, when God intervened and said, I am sending you, Moses, it was in his timing. It was with his power. It is with his grace, his authority. And God used Moses. God used Moses to save his people. I have been constantly reminded in this season. And I don't know if it just comes from coffee conversations, dinners, or just as I'm walking and just kind of in my own time with God and, you know, um, taking on this new role. It's been um, six or seven months now, but you get a lot of opportunities. There are a lot of conversations come your way and they look really, really, really good. They can even look really, really successful and great ideas, but I've constantly been reminded in this season, God, I don't want to go anywhere without your presence. I am constantly reminding myself, God, it may look successful to everyone else, but God, I just want to be aligned to what you are calling us to do. God, it may look good from everyone else's perspective. It may look right. And everyone's saying, do, do, do. But God, I want to be in obedience with you. I don't want to please everyone else. I just want to please you, God. And I wonder what our decisions, our lives would look like if we made sure the handbrake was off. If we made sure that we inquired of the Lord more. That we actually seeked God more in every single moment. If, I wonder if we just chose to invite him into our day-to-day -day decisions, what it would look like. And I was really wrestling with the handbrake story, one, because of embarrassment, and two, out of relevance. Um, but, but the reason why is that I felt that the Holy Spirit say to me that the handbrake is something that a lot of us touch every day. 
And supernaturally, I pray that every time you touch your handbrake in your life, that it will be a reminder to invite, to inquire of God, to seek God and say, God, I don't want to go anywhere without your presence. As you touch your handbrake, as you leave here after you've asked your wife for forgiveness this morning, as in you'll just say, God, I don't want to make this decision without you today. God, I don't want to do this business thing without you. Every time I touch this handbrake, every time I take it off, I'm saying, God, I'm walking in your ways and in your will. You know, God is not an accessory or an, or an added extra to our lives. He should be at the very core. He should be our first. He should be the starting point of everything that we do. And so today I want to talk about the Holy Go. The Holy Go. When God's hand is on something, when He is breathing on our lives, when He is breathing on a church community, what do we look for? What does it actually look like when God's hand is moving and speaking? And so um, I'm just going to share three points and then we're just going to have a time of response at the end. But I've just kind of called this the traits of a holy go. The traits of a holy go. Number one is that the traits of a holy go is that, is that there's, a, there's confidence in the sender. There's confidence in the sender. When God's hand is on a holy go, there is confidence in him, not in yourself, he, that he has marked you and that his hand is over a situation. Verse 11 of chapter 3, But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? Insecurity.com. Who am I that I should be doing these things? And, and God said, I will be with you. This is the sign that you'll know is that I will be with you and I'll bring you around to this mountain again. He said it again, suppose that they don't believe me, suppose it won't work. And in verse 14, God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites, I am has sent you. We can see here that Moses was filled with this insecurity. He didn't feel qualified already, but God didn't remind Moses about himself. God didn't say, but Moses, you're a great guy, got a lot of skill. God began to speak about himself and who he is. God didn't say, hey, man, like, you know, you, you dress for, you've got the clothes for the part. You've got the personality for this. No, 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 no. He said, Moses, remember who I am. Remember my nature. Remember my power. Remember who I am. When God responds to Moses, do you know what he's saying? He's saying, I am Yahweh the personal God who knows all things. I am Yahweh who hears all things. I existed before space and time. I know you're a planner and I know you've planned out your next 16 years of your life. You know when you're going to get married. You know when you're going to have kids and all those other things. But let me tell you something. God existed before you planned anything. Before you were even thought of, he existed. He is not a once upon a time God. It was before anything else he was and he is. He introduced himself to Moses in this moment as I am eternally present. I have always been here, Moses, and trust me, there's a confidence in him. Do you have confidence in who sent you? Whether you're a mum or a dad, whether right now you're taking a year off and studying or maybe you're um, kind of focusing on a certain area of your life, do you have a confidence in who has sent you, that God has sent you himself? Whether you're a parent or a student, whether you're a manager of people or a leader, maybe you're a husband or a wife, God has sent you. 
God has ordained you to be that person in this, in this sphere of influence that you have. He was saying to Moses here, don't have confidence in yourself, but let your confidence come from me. Seek me, look for me. You know, um, those of you that uh, don't know, but Pastor John and Lois, uh, my, my, my in-laws, were obviously the senior pastors of Encompass for about 25 years. And um, over the transition period, Pastor John used to send me to all these events. And so sometimes he'd go on holidays or he'd travel around, et cetera, et cetera. And then um, he would send me to places where senior pastors should go. And so anyway, this one morning, uh, he goes, Jace, I want you to go to this breakfast with a bunch of senior pastors. I was like an executive pastor like, at this time. I was like, going, yeah, I'll just go. I didn't realize what it was all about. Anyway, there's this guy. Um, he's on YouTube a lot at the moment. His name's Tim Ross. And this guy's at this breakfast. There's about 10 people at this breakfast, all senior pastors. And they all dressed like senior pastors. You know what I'm saying? They had that senior pastor vibe about them. I came in with a beanie and uh, walked into this breakfast place. And I'm going, oh, man, I'm not supposed to be here. Um, and I'll never forget walking through these doors off this restaurant and this cafe-ish thing. And everyone's looking at me. The one person knew me and went, hey, how are you? Good, good, good. So I kind of got past the front door, the bouncer. Um, and then after that, like, everyone was looking at me like going, who are you, bro? Like, you know what I mean? Like, as in, and I'm thinking to myself, Pastor John, where have you sent me? Like, as in, these senior pastors are so rude. Like, what's going on here? Anyway, so I, I begin to talk to this gentleman, and he has no idea who I am. Like, no idea about, like, he's looking at me going, this guy is the waiter. You know, one of those, like, what is happening? And so anyway, he goes... He kind of recognized that I'm here in the room, blah, 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 blah. And he goes, hey, um, like, what's your name? I said, my name's Jason. He goes, what church do you go to? I said, Encompass. He, and, he, and his face screwed up a little bit because he's like going, you're not Pastor John. What's going on here? Like, you know, like, as in, why are you doing this? Um, and he's like, what do you do at Encompass? Oh, I'm one of the pastors there. I kind of, you know, I'm part of the team, all that sort of stuff. Scratching his head now. This guy, he's losing his mind in his head. I could see his mind exploding. And he's going, who? I don't understand. He, 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 was, he was a bit of a straight shooter. And he just goes, I don't understand. Like, as in, how did you, what are you doing here? And I, and I literally said, and because I knew everyone knew Pastor John in that room. And I just let him kind of go on with this conversation. And finally, I just said, listen, I'm going to put you out of your misery. I'm just letting you know my, my father-in-law is Pastor John. Well, his face changed dramatically, didn't it? <laughs> it was so rude, and now he's all happy and nice. He was like, oh, I didn't know you're, you're the, oh, now. And it's like the light bulbs. I was like going, where was your mercy before? Like, as in, I was like going, oh, no, you yeah, know, that's, that's, and he's like, now I, he literally says to me, he goes, you should have just started with that. And I was like, shut up. Anyway, um... But I was kind of like going, this is like, this is so fine. But in that moment, he recognized not who I am, but who sent me. Let me tell you something. More importantly to then who sent me, I recognized in that moment who sent me. And I said, you know what? Do you know who, do you know, do you know who my father, do you know who my father-in-law is? Like, as in, get me an orange juice and a latte right now. I said, that, but there was a difference in confidence, Right? 
When you know who sent you, you act differently. Let me tell you something, to the mom, to the dad, to the worker, to whoever you are, when you know who sent you, you act differently. There's a confidence about you. There's a boldness about you. There's something that shifts on the inside that says, hey, guess what? The great I am sent me. And, and sweetheart, little girl, little daughter, whoever you are, hey, I'm meant to be your mum. I'm meant to be your dad and you're going to listen to me. Or whether it's in the workforce or the health space or the government space, wherever you are, I am meant to be here. The great I am sent me and this is how I'm going to function. I'm going to flow in that confidence. Church, do you know who sent you? Do you know who has sent you? Everything changed for me when I wasn't reminded who I am, but who he is. When you have the breath, the peace, the presence of God in a decision or moment, you carry a confidence about yourself, a confidence. You know, in Galatians, we, we studied this last year, but Paul, he always wrote and he said that God has sent me, capital S. And when he's saying this, he's saying, I've been sent not by the Jewish headquarters, but I've been sent by God himself. I had an encounter with Jesus myself. As I said earlier, it is not by accident that you were leading your family, young person. It is not by accident that you have influence in the space that you do. Hear me now. You have been called. You have been set apart for this season, for this moment. Lead with boldness. Lead with confidence. God has entrusted you, not the person next to you. He's entrusted you in your sphere of influence. He, God has asked you to lead your family. God has chosen you to move that company forward and bring change to that company. God has chosen you to have impact in your society, culture, and environment. Whenever you're wondering or thinking, Am I meant to be here right now? Like, as in, maybe you're thinking right now, am I supposed to be here? Remind yourself that the creator of the universe wrote all your days. Remind yourself that the Alpha and Omega has placed you right where you need to be. In his sovereignty and providence, he is in control. I pray that we will invite him more. Invite him more into our lives each and every day as we take off those handbrakes and we're going, God, I'm inviting you into, remind me, God, how you sent me here. Remind me, God, how you want me to be here. I have a kingdom influence here. You know, um, this is not one of my points, but I just really thought to, to mention this, but holy goes, when you're on a holy go, not a handbrake go, but a holy go requires a supernatural patience. You know, Moses waited 40 years to really outwork the, 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 the passion and the frustration that he had. He waited 40 years. He was talking to sheeps before he got to talk to kings like Pharaoh. In your preparation, I understand that some of you are in personal and private dilemmas right now. Some of you are facing some trials, whether it's in your mind or physically or practically. Let me tell you something. God is building your authority and your credibility in your personal dilemmas. You are building your trust in him. Your personal dilemma is there to build your, tr your, your trust in him and your authority in him. And as you work through these dilemmas, let me tell you something, in the public eye, in the, in the 40 years later moments, God will draw you out and he will use you in an incredible way. So here's the thing. The, the first trait is that there is a confidence in who sent you. The second trait is that it's a kingdom, not an empire. It's a kingdom 
not an empire. Where Exodus chapter 2, verse 11, it says, He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, so he killed one of them. Everyone say one of them. It was, it was just one, and he hit him in the sand. But Exodus 3.10, now God says to Moses, I am sending you to Pharaoh. I'm sending you. You know, Moses, his intentions were right, but his approach was all wrong. He had the same, he wanted to save his people. He had a heart for his people, but yet he was only able to kill one Egyptian. He was operating out of the flesh. He was operating out of selfishness. He was striving. He was trying to save his own people his way. You know, many of us, we, we have a lot of passion, and maybe you have a passion for a generation, maybe you have a passion for a, a workspace or whatever. It could be a business. But sometimes we can get caught building our own empire and not the kingdom of God. Sometimes we can get caught building our own empire, but not his kingdom. You know, when we begin to build our own empires, I just want to give you a scope of works or here or an understanding, but our empire building is a blimp on God's kingdom radar. The empire that you're trying to build right now with that new app or that great thing, etc., etc., if it's not for his kingdom, it's a blimp on the radar. But when we choose to do things God's way, when we choose to invite him in and say, God, I want to build your kingdom, not my empire, he puts his breath on it. We walk in his steps. We, we are aligned with him. You know, um, you have some, I feel like I'm throwing a lot of pastors under a bus this week. I shouldn't, I, it's, it's not the case. It's just, I don't know what's happening. Anyway, but um, over, uh, probably about last year, I was having this chat with this really great young pastor in our, in our country. Let's generalize this as much as I can. Um, and, and, and we were shooting the breeze, and, and he was about to take on a church, etc., etc. And um, and we were in similar kind of situations. And we're sitting down, and he's talking about the vision that he has for his church. And he began to speak about the, the, the multiple locations. Nothing wrong with that. All good things. He started to speak about the, the buildings that they were going to build. And, and, and he said these words that i got to admit, it just didn't sit right with me. And, and can I just say, when he said these words, I felt like his intentions were right. His heart was right, but it just didn't sit right with me. And he, and he said these words. He said, Jace, I'm going to build this empire, and it is going to take over this region. And I thought to myself, you know when you just get that check? You know when you get that thing? And, and I felt the Holy Spirit just, just, I didn't say anything. I didn't respond. I didn't correct him. I just didn't feel like there was any need for that. But I thought to myself, I don't think we're supposed to build empires. Encompass is not an empire. I just want to be really upfront. Encompass will not be building an empire, the Encompass empire. I'm just letting you know, like, as in there's no Newcastle empire here. With all humility and with all grace and with all, we are not interested in building an empire. We are building the kingdom of God. And I say this with all humility. I say with this all grace. Hear my heart here. Do we have vision? Do we believe God has ordained us for this time? Absolutely. Do we believe he's going to use us in great ways and he's going to expand our territory? Absolutely. But let me tell you something. It's not going to be an encompassed kingdom. It, it's going to be his kingdom and for his glory. Everything that we, sh that we do should be for his glory. For the person that wants influence in the room, the thousand followers, the blue tick that now you can buy, who would have thought? But, like, as in, but if you want that, let me tell you something. If it's not for his glory, don't expect his breath on it. 
Do not expect his presence on it. If you're looking to build that business, you're going, God, would you fill my banking account if you're not going to put him first? Let me tell you something. As in, if it's not for his kingdom, how could he be? How, how could he be in it? It's always for his glory. It is always for his kingdom. I went to Rye with Pastor John Lois and the family in December. And I don't know about you, but whenever I go on holiday and I like the place, I start looking at the real estate market there and I start thinking, I'm going to buy a house here. Like, you know, you know anyone dream like me? I'm just, just, a, just a few dreamers around the here. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Anyway, I, I just thought, man, when I'm going to buy a house in Rye, we're going to buy a holiday house with no money whatsoever, you know, like, as in it's miraculous. Anyway, I started saying this to everyone around me. I said, like, to John, Lois, and, and Alyssa, I'm like, babe, 10 years' time, 15 years' time, we're, gonna, we're going to, to have a house here. I said, babe, you need to start earning more money. <laughs> and, and, and I started because you'd think you'd need a lot more money to go buy holiday houses, like everyone knows this. So I said, babe, maybe you could write a book or something. Maybe you could start a podcast. But do your thing that you do, and then, like, let's just, uh, you know, let's just get the revenue up here. And, and I'll never forget... I'm saying these words, and, and I remember the Holy Spirit just going, why do you want this? I said, leave me alone, Holy Spirit. <laughs> I love a fireplace. So Alyssa loves the beach. I love fireplaces. I said, just, I need a fireplace for my ministry. You know, like, as in, what's going on here? And, and it's like he had a check on me to say, do not let greed get in your way. Do not be envious of the people, the things around you. You're not building your own thing here. You're building the kingdom. And I was like, oh, Holy Spirit, but Rye and the beach and Sorrento, whatever, you know, like, as in, like, come on, give me a break, just, just a little, little, little apartment, you know. But he said, would you put me first? And so anyway, I left that conversation with the Holy Spirit. A couple of weeks later, <clears throat> I get it. And again, I don't, we don't get many invitations, but I got a couple of invitations to speak at different places. But I felt that check at the same time. And I didn't like this check. Because what happens is when you sometimes go to places, they can sometimes honour you and they can bless your ministry, etc., etc., whatever. And I felt this check say, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, you know, anything that you get, I want you to put it back into my kingdom. Any ex anything extra that you get... I want, I, I, you're, it's not yours, it's mine. I want you to put it into the kingdom, whether it's missions, whether it's whatever. And I remember immediately, because I knew if I sat on this too long, I wouldn't, I wouldn't follow through. I said to Alyssa, I go, babe, uh, any time that you go speaking, any time I go speaking, this is what's going to happen. It's directly going in to a mission space, to an outreach space, to a kingdom orientation. And, and listen, I'm, I, don't know, I don't know what obedience does. I'm just going to be obedient, right? That's all you can do. If God has asked you to do that, all you can do is say, I'm going to just be obedient to this. But this is what I felt. I felt in that moment the smile of God over my life. And he's saying, I can trust you. Let me tell you something. God is looking to trust people that aren't, aren't looking to build their own empire. He's looking to trust people that's going to build his kingdom. And I know this might be hard to hear because maybe you're building something great at the moment, but would you, would you lean in and say, God, if I'm, if I'm being building my own thing, I want your breath on this. So I'm choosing to put your kingdom. I'm going to seek your kingdom first. Seek your kingdom first. Final one. I'll invite the worship team up and then we're going to close. The final trait 
of a holy go. Everyone say holy go. Holy go go is that you have supernatural answers. Supernatural answers. Oh, that's that's a really big word. Anyway, Moses tried to do things in his own strength, but God came along and showed him a greater Way. And, and I, want, I want to show you a couple of things about Moses' language here. Verse 13 of chapter 3, it says that Moses protested. Everyone say he protested. He protested. Chapter 4, verse 1, it says that Moses protested again. Chapter, verse 10, it says, but Moses pleaded with the Lord. Verse 13, that Moses again pleaded. Verse 14, then the Lord became angry with Moses. I'm getting angry at Moses. He's just annoying right now. Like as in, I wonder though, do we sound like this with God? Where he's asked us to do something. He's asked us to put him first. He's asked us to have our confidence in him. But now we just begin to negotiate. We begin to badger and we lose trust. We just begin to say, God, are you sure? God, are you sure this is possible? People are. People aren't interested in this. They won't believe me. You know, this year I said to our team, I want to to stop saying these words because last year I, I started to hear myself saying these words. I started to say, I'm really concerned about this. And all, like literally every, I'd have a conversation with someone and I'd be like, yeah, I'm really concerned about that at the moment. And, and it would just fly off my tongue. And I thought to myself, I really got to, there's nothing to be concerned about. If God has called us, if His breath is on it, why am I worrying about this? If God has called us to do this, why am I concerned? Why am I doubting? And I realised that potentially I was sounding a little bit like Moses. But every time Moses protested, every time he complained and he pleaded, what happened? is that God gave him a supernatural answer. Number one, when Moses said, I'm not good enough, God said, I am with you. And he gave Moses confidence in him. When Moses said, when, when, um, what if they don't believe me? God revealed himself privately to Moses. Not publicly, but privately to Moses to build his public confidence. When Moses said, I can't speak, I'm terrible at communicating, I'm terrible at doing stuff, building things, etc., etc. What did God do? God said, I'm gonna bring people along your side. I'm gonna help you. Whatever you're facing, no matter how hard the battle, no matter how big the gap, no matter how far you may feel, let me tell you something, if God's breath is on it, it's holy. And if it's a holy go, he has a holy answer. If it's a holy go, he has a holy God-ordained answer for you. If he said it, he will do it. And let me tell you something, he has a track record of keeping his word. He has a track record of keeping his word. I have the tendency to do some gardening all on my own at times. And I sometimes wake up in the morning going, hey, what can we cut down today? And um, one Saturday, right, there's the, there was these three big trees, conifers in front of our windows. They are two meters wide by five meters high. So these things are big. They're, the trunks are like the size of, you know, like it's, they're big. And anyway, I'm standing at my letterbox looking at our house 
And I thought to myself, it would be a great idea if we chopped these things down. So I went to Internal Affairs and I spoke to my wife and I said, babe, can I please have permission to cut these trees down? And she gave a glowing yes. I was surprised. I thought maybe she thought I couldn't do it. You know, I just thought maybe slow down, whatever. No, she gave me her blessing. So in Internal Affairs, you know, said yes, fantastic. But I didn't have the right equipment. And so I had an axe. I would even call it a hatchet. It was like a mini axe, okay? Like it was not... And the thing is, the trunks are this big, like they're big. Okay, I just need you to, listen, everyone, they're big, okay? Hatchet in hand, hot day. So what's the worst that can happen? So I started just, I, I cleared, I trimmed the trees around it, and I just started hammering this thing. I thought, God has anointed me for this moment. Let's go. <laughs> Ten minutes, I am, beads of sweat are like literally falling down from my head and I'm still going I, I, I reckon I got through like a branch this big but I'm like I'll be honest I was not giving up like I just thought come on maybe it's a technique thing I started YouTubing how to axe the thing like in a certain way or hatchet the thing or whatever anyway um, so I'm poof, 20 minutes later I am sweating and it ain't going anywhere. Like, I'm trying to now use force. I'm like, just whatever. Thought maybe tie my car to it. I don't even know what's happening. I'm going at it again, and I hear this massive scream, and all this is, Jace! Jace! Think to myself, that does not sound like Alyssa's voice at all. I just keep going. Jace, stop! It's my neighbor, Justin. He popped over his head. And he looked at me in two ways. You are an idiot. Honestly, he was clear. He's like, oh, this guy has no idea what he's doing. And he says to me this other thing. He says, just give me a sec. Just stop. Just stop. I'm like, okay, sure. And he, and he walks over about two, three minutes later, and he brings his chainsaw. And he says, step aside. I said, Justin, I've been doing my hands, bro. Like, I got this. And he comes along, and what would have taken me, honestly, by the looks of it now, maybe 14 days, as in, honestly, he took about 14 minutes, and he hacked through these massive trees. It was like cutting butter, you know, like a hot knife through butter. This chainsaw was just going for it. There was an ease, there was a grace, there was this thing. But here's the thing, I wonder how many of us have axes in our hands where God is saying, would you just step aside? I have a chainsaw. We've got these callings. We've got, these anoint we've got all these things. And God has placed passions in everyone's life. He's placed you for such a time as this. Wherever you are, it's not by accident. It's on purpose. But you're going about it with an axe. You're going about it with the handbrake on. And God's saying, would you just invite me into this? Would you just inquire of me? Would you just seek me? I have a chainsaw for you. There is an ease. There is a grace. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but I'm saying I'll be with you. I'm not saying that everything's going to go the way you think it's going to go, but guess what? For every time you're in doubt, I'm going to show you how you can trust me. I'm going to show you how I work, how I move. You're going to say who, who's going to come along to this? How is this even going to work? How is this even working now? And he says, Jace, I'm going to bring along the right people. 
the Justins of the world, the randoms of the world, the people in Bandura or where, whatever location you're from. And I'm, we're going to come along because we're building the kingdom. We're not building it. We are building the kingdom of God and you're going to see my supernatural power. When it's a holy go, when God's breath is on something, you will see His power. You will witness His power. Would you stand to your feet this morning? With every head bowed and every eye closed, I know we're standing up and normally we kind of do these sorts of things when we're sitting down, but I'd love to give you an opportunity to give your heart to Jesus. And maybe you're visiting here for the first time or maybe, um, you know, you've been here many times, but you've never made this decision to say, Jesus, I want you to come and live in me. Jesus, I want you in my life. And potentially you've been doing life in your own strength. Potentially you've been doing life your own way with axes, with the handbrake on and and things are just like, it's like, it's just not right. Something is missing. And here I want to tell you this morning, God is missing in your life. And all you have to do is invite Him in and accept Him as your Lord and Saviour. There are no tick boxes. There are no sign-ups. It's saying, you know what? He loves you just as you are. You didn't know that you didn't you don't need to jump through any loops or change your life before. No, no, no. He loves you just the way you are. He accepts you just the way you are. He died for you just the way you are. And he rose again three days later so that we could have eternal life. So this morning, with every head bowed, just respecting everyone around us, with every eye closed. Right now, if you're saying, God, I don't want to do my life with axes and handbrakes, but I want to see your transforming power work in my life. I want to invite you into my heart. I want to make you Lord and Saviour. Something has to change in my life, and I believe Jesus is the answer. Today, if that is you and you've never made that decision to follow Jesus right now with boldness, would you just lift your hand right now and we're going to pray together. Yep, anyone else in this room? Anyone else in this room? Yep, I see that hand. Just if you could lift it a little bit higher this morning, just because we have people uh, standing up. Yeah, awesome, awesome, awesome. And come on, as one family, could you just repeat after me? Lord, this day, I surrender my life to You. I invite You into my life. I receive you as my Lord and Saviour. I believe God. You died on a cross for my sin. You rose again three days later so that I could have life. So today, I choose to walk with you. I choose to be led by you. Transform my heart from the inside out. In your name I pray. And everyone said, Amen, amen. Come on, can we put our hands together for the three Thanks for listening to this week's message from Encompass Church. If today's message has impacted you and you want to give your life to Jesus, if you need prayer or if you want to get connected to the church, please contact us at office at encompass.org.au. 
Never miss a moment by following us online. Search for Encompass Church on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.